Hello, my name is Joe Verstraight. Welcome to Countercultures. Influence is something you can never get away from. You can never have a clean slate when creating a new piece of art. The things that influence you affect you whether or not you know it. They are always shaping the thoughts that come out of you. What goes in comes out. The thing is that it comes out connected to the other things you have taken in. Your output is a mix of things over the years. If you are writing a song, maybe something you heard years ago is mixing with the song you heard this week. If you are painting, you remember something you saw earlier that day, and you may mix it with another painting that you love. You could ask a bluegrass and reggae musician, how do you take a genre with a structure like that and keep making it original? The structure is a base, and the rest comes from whatever the songwriter is influenced by. For example, the band Giant Panda Gorilla Dub Squad uses the reggae genre as the base for their music, but they are influenced by a wide variety of artists and music that impact their sound. Bands are not bound to any genre. In fact, Giant Panda recorded an album called Country that was done in a folk style. Another band that has been all over the, the genre spectrum is a band from Iowa called Euphorchestra. Just a note, I think Euphorchestra is the band that I've seen live the most. They get better every time I see them, and that is hard to do because of how good they already are. Anyway, Euphorchestra starting out playing bluegrass music. Then, one of their albums called Explorations in Afrobeat did just that. That album explored sounds from Fela Kuti as well as Afro-Cuban influenced concepts and motifs. The percussionist Matt Grunstead used his background in Afro-Cuban music from Jim Dreyer to tribute Afro-Cuban standards such as Eligua. The band then did an album that started off with a reggae song called Cause a Reaction. This album was called Soup and it was a good title for the album because it was a mix of genres and influence put into one bowl and served hot. An example of mixing these genres just in one song can be observed in the song The Events of December 11. The song is a reggae song, but Matt Grunstead is using his Afrobeat knowledge and plays the woodblock on 1E, 2E, 3E, 4E, which is vocabulary from Afrobeat music. This is mixing of influence influences just in one song, and there are many other examples of this. Genre does not bound you to one style. It is simply a way to categorize music because there is so much. Hey Joey, how's it going buddy? Uh, just wanted to let you know that I'm currently sitting inside of my closet uh, with a blanket over my head uh, recording this, just trying to dampen any noise reverberation off the walls or any echoes, so I guess take that for what it is. I uh, The topic of the episode today is influences, uh, and I'm going to tell you a little bit about influences in comedy. I think comedy and music are very similar in the way that we're influenced, especially when first starting out. Like I feel like as a comedian, when you first start out, you watch a lot of stand-up videos, you listen to a lot of comedy albums, and you kind of find a comic uh, who you really like, and you kind of, I guess, model your material 
in the same way that they kind of model their material. I feel like it's the same way uh, with a band. You know, when you first start out, you don't really know what you are, but you know, like other bands that you like, and you're like, well, you know, I like how they sound. Let's try a sound like that. Um, you know, obviously, you're not doing their material verbatim, but you like their subject matter and how they deliver their material. So you try and kind of do something similar. I feel like starting out, a lot of comics pick their favorite comedian, and they're like, yeah, I want to be like that guy. And then eventually, after a while, they find, you know, their own voice, and then, they're, you know, they're their own person. Because, like, I, it makes sense, because, like, in comedy, when you're first starting out, no one tells you how to be a comedian. It's just something you have to kind of, you know, learn along the way. So really, you kind of have to draw off of other people. Like, when I, when I was first starting out, I listened to a lot of Mike Birbiglia, uh, and I liked how a lot of his material was centered around his family. So I was like, I'll try and write some jokes about my family and how crazy they are. And I uh, also, when I was first starting out, Dane Cook was huge. Uh, I watched his Comedy Central Presents episode a lot. I know it's a faux pas to admit that you like Dane Cook, but back in the early 2000s, he was the dude. Uh, he was a guy, man. He was the biggest thing in comedy. I mean, I'm indifferent about him now, uh, just because I want everyone to think I'm cool. Uh, but back when I was uh, just starting out, I was really drawn in by, like, how goofy he was on stage. And, like, even up to this day, I still try and find ways to be more silly when I'm on stage. You know, everybody has their comedian uh, that they strive to be like, and those two were the comedians that I was, you know, most influenced me. As far as actual material goes... I think a lot of it is influenced, you know, just by things that occur in people's day-to-day -day lives. You know, they say, write what you know, and what do people know better, you know, than things that occur in their everyday lives. Uh, you know, I write jokes about my family, my wife, my dog, strange interactions, things I see on the internet, times I failed at drugs. It's all stuff I've experienced, and it's all things that I know. I mean, no one's going to want to hear me tell a joke about my day-to-day -day life as a CEO of a Fortune 500 company because I know nothing about it and it would sound ridiculous coming out of my mouth. So, I mean, you know, do what you know and, uh, you know, do what you love. So that's uh, it for me. Uh, take it easy. I had an interesting coincidence when listening to an episode of WTF with Mark Barron. Dweezil Zappa was the guest, and Mark and him were talking about the music Dweezil heard from his father, Frank Zappa, while growing up. He talked about the first time he had heard music on the radio, and said, where's the rest of it? He's referring to his father's complex music, and how the music on the radio was much simpler. Dweezil then talked about how he was part of an art project that had John Malkovich reading Plato's allegory of the cave over one of his songs. I realized that Dweezil's relationship to his father's music was like the allegory of the cave. He had grown up listening to his father's music, and all other music seemed different to him.